The Red Room Theater, episode 119, Full Metal Jacket. Welcome to the Red Room Theater, where we watch movies, we love movies, we were raised by movies. We're your host, Ernesto Alanis. And Antonio Marino. And every single month we look at one of the movies that help raise us up. We'll have that movie raised us right and raised us wrong. Today we talk about the movie Full Metal Jacket and how it taught us to talk trash and how to make light of any and every situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Before we get started, we offered up a no prize last month, and no prize, we do it every, every episode, and what, we just quote movies as we talk, that's how we talk. We quoted a movie last month, and it, I thought it was a gimme, I thought it was a gimme, and no one got it. Which no, one was it? It was the, um, yes, my lord. Uh, <laughs> yes, my lord. <laughs> He's like, mother, mother to me. <laughs> Wife to you. <laughs> oh, thank you, master. <laughs> Nobody got that? No one got it. That comes from Goldfish's Part 2. That's the painting Vigo talking to Yanish. Something. Yanish, yeah. He, and he's, he's, he's like, where are you from anyway? The Upper Vest Side. <laughs> <laughs> that role for him is fantastic. He's so it's funny. Amazing. He's so great. Um, you hate him until... He's depossessed. Right. And he's like a sweetheart. But um, so I, you know what? I love you too. That's <laughs> <laughs> so good, dude. Dude, Tony, your accents are on point. So what? What? You've got some, gr- you, you can pull some great accents when you want to, man. It's incredible. Um, but it was Ghostbusters 2. No one got it. Listen, when we <laughs> offer the no prize challenge, if you're the first one to to correctly identify the movie, we, we give you mad props on air. So come on, get those nose prizes, get them done. I'm kind of disappointed in Merlin, but seeing as that he doesn't think Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey is better than Excellent Adventure, because it is, why would he think Ghostbusters 2 is better than Burt 1? Whoa, 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 whoa. That's a, okay, that might be... <laughs> maybe f*** me. <laughs> but am I the only one that thinks Bogus Journey is better than Excellent Adventure? I personally love Bogus Journey more than Excellent Adventure. Like, it's unbelievable. Like, the soundtrack. The soundtrack is, is definitely better. Faith No More, dude. That soundtrack is, there's bangers front to back. I know. I mean, that's my first Megadeth song I ever owned. That's my first, Faith, my fourth Faith No More song was off that album. Yep. There's some great. Even though Primus was on part one. But, what's this, what's this crazy? Was it part one or Bogus Journey? No, it was part one. No. Primus is on part two. Holy shit! That album is a banger. Tommy the Cat's on part two. Yes. What? Now my first Primus song was that album. Man, hey, baby. <laughs> Little did we know that we were gonna love <laughs> Tom Waits. <laughs> Tom Waits. He's the one that sings lead on that song, on the album. No, he doesn't. He does all, every verse, and Les does the choruses. That's Tom Waits. Yes. I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I, I sang a Primus song at, at uh, Wheaton College le- this this, and month. that's a Christian college, right? Right. I was at I was at a Reformed Christian for a master's degree. I'm sitting in class. That song actually has to do with this movie, if you think about it. It's about war. It's about sending young kids to war to die. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Um, okay, so 
I'm going to apologize to Erica and Zach off the grip because I am drinking a Coca-Cola Classic right now. I've never seen a, t- a Coconut Tall Boy like this. It's nice. I like the way it looks. Well, then you should leave the house. <laughs> You've never seen a can of Coke that's big? Listen, listen. I don't buy Coke at gas stations. I have my Mexican Cokes upstairs. I drink one Coke a, s- a week. One Coke a week. I- on Sunday after church, I come home, open up my glass bottle of Mexican Coke, and it's my one Coke for the entire week. If you ever see me in the world drinking Coca-Cola and it's not Sunday, I'm breaking my diet and should call me on it. Well, it's Monday, <laughs> and I don't give a flip mode squad. <laughs> okay, so, um, hold on. Uh, that's my bad. That's a, that's a baby burp. So anyways, uh, I don't know what's happening. Dude, okay. you didn't even... What is it, Sunday? <laughs> it's not Sunday. <laughs> um, so, full Metal Jackets released July 10th, 1987. Woo-hoo! Has a 92% Rotten Tomatoes. That's, that's this, amazing. This film is held in high esteem and is in the conversation for the greatest Vietnam film of all time and also the conversation for the greatest war film of all time. Do you think it's the best Vietnam? I mean, if you go against Platoon. Forrest go- Gump. <laughs> they sent me to Vietnam. And something just took up, jumped up and bit me. They said it was a million dollar wound. I don't see a dime of that money. <laughs> <laughs> I'd really like to see that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a great movie, dude. dude listen, it's, it's, not, it's not a Vietnam movie. So there's a lot. There's Tell it to Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> but you ain't got no legs. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> One of Gary Sinise's greatest roles. Oh my gosh! Okay, dude. so you've Hamburger Hill. Those you magic have, legs. Hamburger Hill's brutal. You have um, Vietnam. Born Fourth of July. Oh, that's a hard watch. So you have these great yeah, Apocalypse Now. Yeah. So I think the that one's real, real. I think the big three are Apocalypse Now, Full Metal Platoon. Um, you've got Good Morning Vietnam too, bro. That's a Vietnam. Good Morning Vietnam. It's more political than the war itself, though. But it's great. I'm gonna say I think Platoon doesn't even belong in the same sentence as Full Metal Apocalypse Now. I'm not gonna disagree with that. Those two films are be above Platoon. Yeah. Platoon is like the, the 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 poor man's version of that film. That's the one with Charlie Sheen, right? Right. Boo. And I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's it's a fine movie, but you're going against Francis for Coppola and Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. I mean, what are you thinking? Get out of my house. I mean, they're like killing animals on the stage. Dude, dude, they are straight Crazy. up. Crazy. They're straight up. That was messed up. Like you watch that movie it, messed me up. Dude, Apocalypse Now is it in that movie I think hurt you, my life it forever. It makes you think you're high. Like you think you're messed up. Listen, I'm Martin so bad. Martin Sheen was a beautiful man. Yes, he was. I, I was so messed up watching that film. I actually started believing Colonel Kurtz, the stinking Brando. I'm like, oh, that's a lot of sense. And that's, that, that happens. You know you're he not doing following. well. Uh, dude. And that movie, like, he was like a god. I can't say what Somebody this- asks you if you're a god, you say yes! <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I'm, I can't say whether this is the better than Apocalypse. That's, that's too hard of a question for me. I've, okay, I enjoy it more. Yes. Even though the second half is not my favorite. We'll get to all that. This is directed by Stanley Kubrick. He's, he's crazy, bro. He's a, I, I can't imagine talking to this human being. As a, like, what must his brain... It must be like a stinking... Just a, a box full of weasels. Do you remember what I told you about Clockwork Orange? What did you say about Clockwork Orange? I was away for a week at a hotel, and I had my Apple TV. Okay. And I watched Clockwork Orange for the first time in like 20 years. 
and, I, and it was just as messed up as I remember. It's but then what movie did I watch? And I was like, I'd rather watch that than <laughs> I forgot what it was. I forgot. Is it Uncle Drew? Yes. Yeah. You watch Uncle Drew after, and I loved because it was it made me feel good, dude. Clark Orange makes you feel bad. I want to tell you something, Orange, right now. Okay, you know Pepe Le Pew just got in trouble, got canceled because he like date rape skunk. Yeah. Okay, so Pepe Le Pew got canceled. So did the Atlanta. Oh, they're trying to cancel the Atlanta Braves now. So, <laughs> in the new Space Jam Part Two. <laughs> oh no. They, they have in the audience all these characters from Warner Brothers <laughs> from their like from their library. Yeah, yeah. They did not put Pepe Le Pew because of his cancellation. <laughs> but in the stands, the droogs are there from Clockwork Orange. What? How are you putting those rapist killers in the movie and not a cartoon skunk? They were cold-blooded rapist killers. That scene, I can't watch uh, that. Dude, and then when he comes out of prison, uh, they're cops. That movie's messed up. Okay, Kubrick does A Clockwork Orange, messed up. The Shining, messed up. Yeah, The Shining's amazing. Shining's incredible. 2001 Space Odyssey. Boo! Messed up. In different ways. It's not messed up because of morally. It's messed up because it's hard to watch. Like, you're like, what am I? I know. I'm going to say something. I've come to a place in my um, film appreciation where I'm beginning to love that movie. Yeah, well, next thing you know, you're going to tell me you love, uh, what's the one with the two gay cowboys? <laughs> Profect Mountain? Yeah. Hey, listen, there's a lot of good themes underneath that listen, movie. Listen, listen. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're both men. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do like that movie. I can't quit you. <laughs> I mean, how many friends do I have that close? <laughs> <laughs> but how about stinking ice white shot? Cruising Kidman. Dude. I think his last movie, right? Ice White Shot? Yes. And what my probably my most enjoyable Kubrick film is Dr. Strangelove with Peter Sellers. That's the oldest movie ever. It's black and white. It it's one of James Earl Jones' first movies before Conan, before all that. Jeez. Um it has a classic scene of the guy riding the sticking nuclear bomb into Russia. Woo! Remember, he's like at the, the hat, cowboy hat. He's like riding it like a sticking, like a cowboy. All I picture is Baron von Munchausen. <laughs> Wrong movie, dude. I know, but I've never seen Dr. Strangelove. Oh, dude, it's, it's, it's old, but it's. Will I be able to hang with it? It's funny. I mean, it's really funny. It's a comedy? It's a comedy. Oh, well, I'll try it. But it's like satire. Like, it's, it's a weird. It's, it's like poking fun at a lot of things. Strange love. Oh, I'm thinking of Get Shorty. <laughs> no, what? what is that movie he was going to make? Um, Love. Something love. Buddy, not Buddy Love. <laughs> buddy Love. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Mr. Love. Mr. Lovejoy. Dude, look at that pull. That was a, <laughs> Mr. That Lovejoy. was a hey, pull. But this Mr. Lover boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kubrick is crazy. Some people Kubrick love him. or Kubrick? Q- I don't know how you say his name, but people love him. Some people he, love or hate him. Kubrick is a very divisive filmmaker. He's not a Spielberg. Not a, he's not a Scorsese. He's not like universally praised. But Kubrick, in the film like critic world, he's pretty highly uh, appreciated. Pretty yeah. highly, you know. Like I mean, I he's put stuff on screen that's unbelievable. Now, the plot of this film is it's kind of hard to put. It's because it's it's Apocalypse Now is. Tracking down Marlon Brando to stop him. That's the plot of the film. 
this film is not a straightforward plot. The, the, this, this movie, the main character is probably the war. The Vietnam War is the main character of this film. It's not Joker. It's not Cowboy. It's not Gomer Pyle. It's not Steakin Arlie Emery. Ermy. Arlie Ermy. The main character is the war. Yeah. Because you, tr- you think it's about one person, you're going to get lost in the transition. Because even during the boot camp... They, they introduce you to new people right after boot camp. New names, new faces, you know, new jobs. You realize, okay, this is not about Joker. This is about the war. Did you notice there's a scene before he catches them with a donut? He's going down the line, and he's telling people what they have to fix in their appearance. And he goes, toe jam. Did you notice later, after everybody's graduated, and he's calling their, their names? Toe jam. <laughs> They, that was his new nickname. Dude, we'll get to that. So Snowball. The, <laughs> the, the plot of this film is Vietnam, but it, 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 I guess the only pl- the, 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 is if you try to get to a plot, it's going to be following Private Joker from being a civilian to being, a, to being created, to turn into a soldier, and then being put in the war. Like That's kind of the only plot there is. And you'll see why as we get to because it's really it's, like, it's two movies, it's, but it's not. But it is. You could split down the middle almost exact halfway Time-wise, through. Yes, and it's two movies. Boot camp is a whole like. Listen, if each, that movie ended with the toilet scene the, it, before they went to the war, that would have been a good movie. You know what's crazy is I think both halves have a three act structure. They each yes. have an, each. Story has an arc. Yes. But there is a larger story being told as well. And as kids, we love the first half way more than the second half. How about when all those stone cold killers are singing Mickey Mouse song? Well, holy crap. That's the point. Okay, that's, that's Dude, the, okay, so. this movie's crazy, bro. Okay. Does we used the, to just love it because of boot camp. Right. Does the film hold up? I'm saying yes. yes. This is a classic. The first half of this movie is so incredible. Listen, that the second half is like, mm, but it's still great. The the opening scene, I don't know what song is playing when they're cutting everyone's hair. It's about Vietnam, though. You're seeing this, okay, they're dehumanizing these people. If you notice, one thing I read about the making of this film is that Kubrick keeps everyone in full focus. It's not like there's some guy blurry, one guy's in the foreground, crisp and clear. They keep everyone in focus because it's not about any one of them. They're all equally worthless in this platoon. Mm-hmm. Um, so, before we get to the cast, well, let's get to the cast. You have Matthew Modine as Joker. You know who would have been a good Joker? I'm waiting. Crispin Glover would have been a good Joker. Because he does a lot of the same faces. They have very similar facial structure, those two. Modine murders it in this movie. This is Modine's best role he's ever had. Ever. Forget Married to the Mob. Forget Memphis. Who's the guy that played Cowboy? Why do I know him? We'll get to him. Okay. So Modine has had a recent recent resurgence in Stranger Things as a scientist. He's the main scientist at the place that finds the monsters. He also had kind of a lame role in Dark Knight Rises, but what are you going to do? Good for a paycheck. Good for him. So Matthew Modine is Joker. Then you have a starring performance by R. Lee Ermey as Gunnery Sergeant Hartman. And you know the story behind this, right? Tell the story. He was a consultant on this movie. And there was an actor playing the, the drill instructor. Right. He, R. Lee Ermey was so incredible, they just said, just be the guy. He's not 
playing a part. He was a drill instructor on Paris Island. He's really, it's just like, it, the performance is just as good as Eddie Murphy's boss in Beverly Hills Cop. That was really the police chief. Right. He's just being himself, which is intense and hilarious. And you can't believe that Arlie Ermey was, he wasn't even an actor. It's like the Danny Trejo thing. He was just on set. Right. He's perfect in this Listen, movie. He, half of his lines aren't even written. No! He's just, he's just... Do you notice when he's marching, when they're running, and he's calling cadence? That's just stuff they do off the top of their heads. Just to get them breathing and, and running and doing two different things at once. It's, there's, he was perfect. And he, this, this gives him a career as this character because he, he leans into the character. He plays in Toy Story. He plays the Army Men, which mm-hmm. is a great, great role. Like My kids know his voice forever because of Toy Story 1 through 4. Um, you also have him as he plays this, especially the same character as this in the Frighteners. Frighteners, yep. He's the ghost version of this guy. Yeah, it's great. He's hilarious. Gets killed by the seeking, um, the Frighteners. By Busey's kid. Yep. And then he, his he's in seven as a chief, which is a good role for him. But his the the funniest role he's ever had because he goes against character is saving Silverman. I can't believe a man like this who was a gunnery sergeant. Did that played role. Played that role. And that's what made it. That's what it was so funny. He's thinking kills him every... Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes to prison. <laughs> and he gets out and has to live in their stinking basement. Yes, dude. dude. He helps them kidnap her, dude. Dude, he's, he's like, kill her. He's like, oh, he's, he don't give a he's shit. So cold. And those are his boys. He loves those kids. He's like, thanks, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I want a big Montana with curly fries. <laughs> That's a great movie, dude. Oh, man. It's so... it's Dude, he's... Timmy <laughs> Silverman, he's so good in it. He's so... Like, that going against type... It makes it that much because right, uh, you don't believe a man like this would be in a role like that, and he can't because he's his, he's a career military, and he <laughs> nails it in Saving Silverman. I mean, watching him in that film is so good. Dude. I mean, I was crying laughing. I think I'm gay. Me too. That's <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Um, then you have if the, okay, this is a star making performance. Then you have who steals the whole movie. He's only in the first half, and he steals the whole thing. Vincent D'Onofrio. Okay, let's talk about the movie a little bit. Movie's in two halves. The first half of the film is boot camp. Yep. They're being programmed. They're being stripped of their humanity and yep. turned into killers. And it is... The movie doesn't take you... You're not really seeing it through one person's eyes. You're just seeing what they go through and what's being done to them day after day after day. You're watching... It, it's, it's not even. It's not even so much a story. You're watching just a, getting a feeling of okay, they're taking these young men and they're stripping them of their identity. Well, they know where they're getting ready to go, so they need these people programmed. They don't need them going over there and shitting themselves. Right. You got to turn them into killers. Yes. They and have to grow up in three months, and they're not. They're 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 coming. They're, they're American young men. So they're boys still. They're eighteen year old boys, mm-hmm. and that opens when they're shaving their head. You're seeing. You see their faces, dude. They're just like, oh my gosh. And this is back when there was a draft. These poor bastards. That's opening scene. You're going to feel like, okay, these young men, and being, they're shaving your head, you are losing one of your most identifying markers. Because our hair, as men, well, we ours. 
<laughs> we do our hair. Yes, we do our and hair. I see people like if someone gets a haircut, I might not know them right away because I'm like, like, oh, it's you got a new haircut. Like, hey, shut up, dude. Oh. I'm serious, dude. I think guys get new hairdos and it, like, I, I, you know, giving like, dude, what'd you do? Your haircut was awesome. You think it's messed it up? Your hairdos That's you have, the worst. You have control over my son's. Eight years old, and he has a style. He's trying to find. He's trying to. He's trying different things. He'll try something, not like it. Which look, we, you're losing the ability to express yourself. They take away your hair. You're just one bald guy in a line. You're, you're, it's weird. They're tipping away humanity that first day you walk into Sneak at Paris Island, um, and then you just watch the next scene. There's no music. It's there's no music. Most of that whole first sequence. There's no music. It's just the you just see them being ripped down, and the opening sequence is the drill instructor just tearing their lives apart. Now, he's brilliant at it. What? And we'll go into this a little later. He's genius. But there's one of the guys there, Vitnafrio, and the drill instructor gives everyone a, a nickname, and Vitnafrio uh, gets the nickname Gomer Pyle, named after a dumb. Marine dude from Andy Griffith show. Exactly. And you feel horrible for this guy. Here's the here's the thing. This is why I'm kind of a dickhead. <laughs> There's some scenes where I'm just like, listen, grow up, dude. Like, what are you doing? What like wipe that face off your head? Like, what are you like I don't understand? So he's just like a big dumb kid. And he can't he can't stop messing up. Did you see that though when you were there? Yes! Okay. But like, he's That's got like, his pants down, sucking his thumb. I'm just like, oh, oh my gosh. Is, there's things that he, he's not strong. He's soft. He's yes. a soft person. But there's stuff he messes up. He we is know his own like worst that. enemy. When he's a donut in a locker, that's he, he, what? I don't know what he was thinking. And like, there, you, you watch, like, this is, D'Onofrio is an actor. You watch him come in and he's just a, Dumpy, Dude. soft, so happy guy. He's a listen. happy guy. <laughs> oh, they take that from him. I know people that if they would have went to Marine Corps boot camp, they would have went crazy. When I went, we were on this course where you got to run with the bayonet and hit the dummy. So now, is it straight runners or things are right? Straight run. You just and you how, hit this. How dummy. far? How is it? Fifty yards. Fifteen yards. yards. 50, so it's a quick sprint. Yep. Stab. Stab. Okay. And the next guy goes. This dumbass. <laughs> you've got a, a rain poncho rolled up with these little bungee cords, and it's on your back. Right. And he's running, and he, he stabs it, and the bungees break, and an orange falls out of his poncho. No. And and, and there's like Tony. There's like five different squads there. So all these drill instructors are just like, oh and my the guy that was his drill instructor is just like, you mother effer, like, oh and you're talking God. a couple hundred recruits are just like, but all we're thinking is, that orange looks delicious. <laughs> like, oh my God. He stole it from the mess hall. Dude, wait, look, here we Idiot. Here's the deal. When Antonio, wait, let's talk about it. When Antonio signed up for the Marines, we sat down and Every watched this movie again. I, I made him. I'm like, before you do this, remember what you're signing Literally up for. Literally, everybody's like, what the freak are you doing? And I'm just like, man, I ain't going to college, man. I got a bunch of friends going. I'm going to go. 
And no. It's peacetime. <laughs> Dude. This was in 2000. Oh. A year later, 9-11 happened. So, Tony, no, just so you know, Tony did go to the Marine Corps. He did 10 of the 13 weeks. Yes. And his, his I only did. I only did seven of the training weeks. Seven PT. But three weeks in a Navy medical hospital. platoon for people that were either going to be put back in or going to go home. Medical discharge. It was, yes. Tony's recruiter told him he didn't need to disclose he had mild asthma. Well, he said, he said listen, how often does your asthma mess with you? And I'm like, not really anymore. But I'm so dumb that I was an active athlete until high school. So like middle school is when it really kicked in. And I had to use my inhaler all the time because I ran cross country and track yep. and all this shit. But then in high school, I found the drums. So you stopped doing so cross stopped, country. I just started playing in the marching band. And so I'm like, oh, it's barely anything anymore. But it was exercise induced. So the recruiter was like, don't say shit about this inhaler. Don't say anything about any of this. Which is, you are, you are hiding an inhaler going to the Marines. Well, I didn't even have it. That's why I went to the hospital. Because you had a... Because I had an asthma attack on one of the courses. Oh, my god! And gosh. fell off a rope, like, 20 feet up in the air. Like, my lungs closed. Tony! And they thought I was having a heart attack. So they had to, they had to take me by ambulance to, to the Navy hospital. But then, when they couldn't do anything there, they had to send me to the civilian hospital off the base. And that's when they were like, okay, we got to talk to his doctor. Doctor sends us stinking facts. This dude has severe asthma, and what the hell is he doing over there? And then they did to you. They made you do a, a exercise-induced asthma attack. Yes. They put me on a treadmill, and they stuck a thing in my mouth and on my nose that pumped this like gas in my so that my lungs would open up and suck it in, and it would mimic if I had asthma. And I like... They shut it down like it was because it's crazy. If, if, you, if you can run through that, it shows you you can your yes your lungs are enough to handle. It the shows Marines. that there was something you might have grown out of, but your lungs just just collapsed. Oh my gosh, like it was brutal. So so, so, so before you get to the story, Antonio was medically discharged because of asthma. Now, but you were still there for seven weeks, and it was bro, a wild here's the seven thing. weeks. Here's the thing. So, me and Ernesto grew up. With very mean, very loud men in our lives. So we're used to getting screamed at all day, getting called every name in the book. So when I go to boot camp, it's another Tuesday for me. <laughs> but there's people here that are from the Seavers. Loving families. <laughs> like, hey, son. Hey, dad. <laughs> Hi, mom. Brother, I'm going to miss you. Like... I mean, silver spoons fools up in there. When the drill instructor, and it's, here's the thing, when you're in Marines, it's not one drill instructor. There's four. One senior, which he was the senior, and three animals. And your senior, you, you, the brainwashing starts to where you are looking at the senior drill instructor like mom. He's the one that he can wow. protect you or he can punish you. He's literally grabbed drill instructors off me before. Because they want you to think, this is the mother. This is the one that takes care of you. you if you screw with him, he's going to feed you to these animals. 
So we had guys. I remember one time, this guy, one of the guys who never do anything right. He was a hillbilly from South Carolina. Oh no, this poor guy. And he would always say the wrong thing. And they found a watch in his Footlocker. We're not allowed to have anything. Nothing is they ours. You of everything. Everything. And they found this watch. <laughs> and the drone sucker grabbed it and said, what the F is this? My grandpa gave me that watch. That's my grandpa gave me. And the drone sucker broke it. Slammed it on the floor. The dude falls on his knees. The senior drone sucker grabbed the the drone sucker that broke up by the shirt, slammed him against the wall. And he said, you better be able to figure out how to fix that or I'm going to beat your ass. Yes, sir. Yes, senior drone instructor. And, like, I don't know how, but it was put back together by the end of the week. Like that, it's all head games. So I don't know what was planned and what wasn't, but so uh, uh, you used to get yelled at. You used to get yelled all the time. I get yelled at so much. First thing my drone started, or first thing my recruiter said to me, "You're going to be in a platoon with about seventy or eighty other guys. The longer it takes for them to know your name, the better you're going to be." <laughs> I said, "Bet." <laughs> first day. Marino! <laughs> oh, damn it! <laughs> Me again. The first day. First day they knew my name. How? Because I had a piece of masking tape with my name on it. They put it on you. Right, but I'm saying he, he, he noticed you. Oh, he knew. Singled you out. Oh, Why? yeah. Why did he notice you? I ran into him. You did not. We were, we were running to everything. And I ran into him and knocked his head off. <laughs> oh, my. And so I slammed me against the wall. And I'm just like... <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> so, what you told me, you had to all the time because you... Everything was funny. You thought some of the lot you'd get... You'd get Dude, we'll get, we'll get to this later. We'll get to back to this at the end. Okay, well, hold on. Hold that. Oh. Hold that. So, we're going to have some stories for you guys today, too. Man. <laughs> and then the guy had an orange fall out of his pouch. And it was like, you could hear a pin drop because it was like kind of... Wet outside, so it's like, <laughs> and we're just like, oh shit! Everybody was like, better him than me, dude. <laughs> Did you ever? Were you ever tempted to take anything out of the mess hall? Hell no, hell no. It's not worth it. Nope, nope. Do you want to talk about stripping you of everything? Nobody has their own identity. Not only do they shave your head and shave your face, but if you have to wear glasses, they're the biggest, brownest, dumbest glasses with the black strap on the back. Oh so, like, goodness. I just looked like nerds in paradise <laughs> with a misshapen, shaved head. Oh and I'm just looking at myself like, man, I ain't never getting laid, dude. <laughs> Look at this head. <laughs> I watched people changing. Week by week, they were changing their identity. You watched them being broken down. Yes. Anyone wash out while you were there? Yes. So, how do you, what happened? How do you wash out? What, what do you do? FTA. What's that mean? Failure to adapt. People, no. people will literally give up, break down, sit on the floor. And you just, they just, they're done. 
They just mentally collapsed. I was on the bus ride home. Come on. Come on. I was on the bus ride home with like six FTAs. Is that a dishonorable discharge? Yes. Come on. Yes, it is. Yes, that's a dishonorable discharge. Failure to adapt. What do you think it's going to do for your job application? It's crazy. So you, you, they just they just they just break down mental mentally. Just can't handle it. One guy I seen before he uh, could take the bus home. He he did like ninety days in military jail. Why? Because he was trying to go home. Because he pushed the drone instructor. He pushed him? Yeah. He just didn't want to do anything. And the drill instructor was just in his face. And he like pushed him and then just collapsed and screaming and Yeah, that's that's an, when you when you get there, it's another world. It's not it's not regular rules anymore. You signed everything. You belong to the government. And if you hit somebody in boot camp, that's destruction of government property. Come on. Yes. They can do whatever they want to you, dude. If you're an FTA, they can screw. They, they would always say, oh, you don't want to do what we want you to do, huh? We're going to pen F you. They're going to just, you did this. Now you're going to do. Yes. I've seen it. It's crazy. It's another world, dude. So, Vincent D'Onofrio. Comes in as a smiling guy, a happy-go-lucky, gumpy, loving guy, and he's not built for this world. No. And you watch him, and for a while, he holds that softness for a while. I think it turns when they... I think... You know that's when it turns full. Okay, okay. That's when he realizes he's alone. Uh, the guys don't like me. He's alone. And the torture basically says, you are failing to you make him. You didn't, you failed to motivate him. So that night. What do you think he's saying? He's saying, beat this dude into submission. And those guys, that scene when they put the, the soap in the towels, as a kid, I'm, I'm 10 years old watching this, never forgot that. Like, whatever you do, don't be that guy. That everyone's going to... Because I was low on the totem pole at Whittier in Flint. I was at the bottom. But I was close. But I'm like, I can't follow the bottom. I can't be Gomer Pyle. Danny Trejo said about being in prison, that being in prison is like being on a big pile of shit. You don't want to be on the bottom. Just don't be in the bottom. That's it. That's, Gomer Pyle was the bottom. He's the bottom. You watch him go, and, and you watch it's brutal. the dude. life slowly ebb out of him. He graduates. He makes it. He graduates. Bro, he ends up being the best shot in the stinking platoon. Even the drone was like, fan- outstanding. And you watch the last night. The, the first half culminates in Gomer Pyle in the bathroom. Lost his mind. His his face, his eyes, the acting. I don't know how they found they found the right guy to go from gumpy, happy, loving guy. 
who could even when he was getting his head shaved, he had this dumb smile. And yes, his, man. And he goes. The to, worst part about that whole thing is when you break things like that down. He's got parents. He's got people who love him. He probably just got drafted. You know, it's brutal. That's why that that's that sequence when he is in the bathroom and Joker finds him, Modine finds him, and he starts just doing his routine. How about when he put the rifle on the wrong shoulder? That was brutal. Slapping him. What side was that? Right side drill sergeant. You just slapping him. Dude, that... And he's like, don't F with me, Bile. And I'm just like, I've been there. <laughs> Do they really yell at you like that? What? What? You have no idea. It's that bad. You have no idea. And I was there in 2000. It ain't like that anymore. Come on. Now you got pictures on Facebook. You can make phone calls home. No, you can't. Yes, it's different now. You cannot make phone calls from boot camp now. Dude. There is literally a Facebook page for your platoon that you're in and your family can follow it. It's different now. So you were there when the last... Man, there was no cell phones. There was no... There was literally... You call home the night you get there and other than that, you can write a letter a week. One letter a week. Well, you can write as many as you want, but they say you write one. Write one letter. Don't have all this mail coming. Oh jeez. Okay, okay, okay. You don't you don't want to be in the radar. You don't no. Wanna, you don't, you don't. Um, I'll put it this way. So they did a mail call one night, and they gave the guy next to me my mail. <laughs> the drone instructor they gave him the mail. And he goes, "You misspelled my name in that letter," and just kept walking. To you or the guy next to you? To the guy next to me. Oh. The guy was talking shit about the drones, about that particular oh. drone instructor. Oh. Because you have, you have one that is teaching you all of the knowledge portion. You have one that is teaching you all the drill. And then you have one that is like, like by drill, I mean all the movements. Yeah, the, yeah. the rifle. The, yes. Yeah. And then the other one is like the PT guy who's turning your body into muscle. And the senior is... Mom, like it's crazy. The senior sat us down and told us a story and even cried telling us. Come on. He, 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 he's mom. Like you trust him with everything. He's good cop. Yes. Wow. He's so, he's so, this is such a mind game. He says, um, the senior says to us, all right, you guys got so-and-so tonight. When he says lights out, I want you to sing the Marine Corps song, everybody. And we're like, and he's like, because when you sing that song, Marines have to stand at attention. Lights out. We all started singing it. Dude knocked over the first set of bunk beds. Shut the F up. Shut up. We all like pussied out. <sighs> Next day, <laughs> senior drone starts talking to us. 
they got the drone stickers there. And he says, Sergeant so-and-so. And he says, yes, senior drone sticker. He goes, what do Marines do when you hear the Marine Corps song? Stand at attention, sir. And he looks at him. He says, you remember that from now on. He's like, yes, sir. And the senior walks away, and he goes, I got you Wednesday, mother effers. <laughs> oh, my. He would, like, turn out like it was, you would talk about mind games, bro? And we're all like. <laughs> <laughs> D'Onofrio, that, that, that face, and he, he kills a drill instructor. And when he kills himself as a young man, a young boy, that was the most realistic thing I've ever seen. In oh, my yeah. To that Brains point, on the wall, dude. That felt to real. To this day, that looks real. I, I, I Even watching watch, watch, you now, you're like, I don't know how he did that. Because the way the camera is. Yeah, it's dead on his head. It feel like a blink. Like, you're like, what? What am I watching? And the movie fades and goes apart, too. And you're like, what? Because that first 40, 48 minutes, you can't look away. No. Like, what is this guy going to do to these men? Just running them through the paces. Dude, when he quits on that obstacle, he's like, get the F off my obstacle. Dude, he's screaming at him. I'm like, go where Pilots Peter, just do it. You can do it. Throw your leg over, you piece of ass. Dude, he is laying into everything. He's laying into this guy, dude. He's like, you got to be shitting me. Not one pull-up. You're not going to give me one pull-up. Let me see your war face, dude. Listen, that I have a war face because this movie, dude. <laughs> dude. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this movie's crazy. D'Onofrio with this role, as well as with the cell, as well as with Men in Black, because that the way he like moved, mm-hmm. that's all really him. D'Onofrio is an American treasure. He was incredible on The Judge. I'm the big brother. I pat you. <laughs> I pat you on the back. <laughs> D'Onofrio. And how about Bruce Willis's brother on the stinking remake of, uh, what the shit is that movie called? Death Wish. Death Wish. He Listen, D'Onofrio is a- And I heard he was great in The Flash. Isn't he Kingpin? Daredevil. Daredevil. He's great as I Daredevil. Heard. He is He's great. a fantastic actor, bro. D'Onofrio is not- he hasn't had a role that's been... This is the only role he's had that's been in the cultural zeitgeist. Like, the cell is underneath the radar. You know what I'm saying? Daredevil's underneath the radar. This Dude, is... This, if, if he had a if role... If more people saw the cell, that role is insane. I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying he's not had one of those roles that's in front of everyone to see. Like, the, like Ed Norton in Primal Fear? Ex- yeah, I mean... Um, this... He is one of our great actors. He's, a, he's incredible. He's like Philip Seymour Hoffman great. Yes, he is. That's nuts. Now, then you have so when, when uh, D'Onofrio, D'Onofrio also was in um, Magnificent Seven, the new Magnificent Seven with Denzel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. I like that. I didn't like it very much. The Chris first, Pratt? Yeah, the original was so good, I didn't love the new what, remake. Who was the original? Um, Yul Brenner. Ain't nobody ever seen that. Dude, it's so good, bro. Uh, the only reason I know Yul Brenner is because that was the dude's name on Cool Runnings. <laughs> <laughs> Tallulah <laughs> Sound like a two dollar hooker It's my mom's name It's a great name <laughs> Tallulah What's I see game? power I, I see, see pride, pride. <laughs> See a badass mother Who don't take no crap off of nobody <laughs> What a freaking fantastic Candy, movie. candy guy Genius okay, Anyways, um, 
the, the screen literally D'Onofrio kills himself the screen fades to black comes back up we're in Vietnam we're in Vietnam it's insane the difference like it's it's almost meandering yeah you're just like okay I'm kind of uh, what's Joker doing what's going on it's the Tet Offensive which is a very famous um, series of attacks during the Vietnam War near the end um, you meet Adam Baldwin's animal mother um, who's crazy? He's crazy. He's nuts. I love him and Joker's back and forth though. Oh my! The Joker is a photographer. He don't care if Animal Mother's a recon. He don't care, dude. Um, Animal Mother is has a great role. His name is Jane in Firefly. Great role. TV never role. seen Firefly. Okay, he was also on um, Independence Day. Yes, he is. <laughs> he's one, he's the one that shot the so, can off the ship. Then you have Arliss Howard, who who is cowboy, private yes. cowboy. He cowboy was Joker's best friend in boot camp. Yes, and they reunite in the in the war. He is the grown up Scotty in Sandlot. Yep, the, okay. calls the games. Yes, calling yep. the game. He also is the angel demon in which ne- is Neckerborn Killers, which is way bigger of a role in the director's cut. Really? Yes, because you barely know him in the right. But in Netherworld Killers, this guy plays. He's the, the one Angel that leaves them out of prison. Yes. Yeah. That's all director's cut that you saw. Because I don't even think he made their movie. What? Yeah. He like. He's the Angel Demon, which wasn't even featured in the regular. Really? Only reason I know he was in that was because of director's cut. Oh, I I saw that one. But was that movie was nuts? Who did that movie? That's Oliver Stone. Sizemore was genius. written by Quentin Tarantino. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> the the most disturbing. Quentin, only Quentin can make Rodney Dangerfield that messed up. That is the most disturbing scene yeah. of the, the talk the clapping, show. The clapping. Yeah. The, 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 the sitcom, and it's he's an. That's sick, bro. Dude, it is disturbing forever. Nobody could have played that role like Rodney. Woody I can't believe they got. No, I'm, Rod- I'm talking. Well, oh. Rod- Rodney, of course. That's but, why it was so dark. Woody, Woody and Harrelson Julia- and Juliette Lewis. Oh my! Nobody gosh. could. That that's up there with Clarence and Alabama. Like, whoo, man. Okay. Oh jeez. Okay. You go to Vietnam, and it, it feels like two movies. But again, Joker. The point okay, is, um, what do you call it? A journalist. He's a journalist. You think he's a killer? He wrote for the school paper, sir. Like he's a. He'll make you famous. Only reason he's on this mission is because he got assigned to do this mission for the paper. Right. But the guy who volunteers with him, who he's saying, I don't want to take this kid. The kid wants the action. Yes. And the thing is, though, when you go out like that, it don't matter if you're a journalist. You got a gun. Yes. You're, when, when shit hits the fan, you're fighting with everybody else. Because you've been through boot camp. You know how to use your rifle. That's another body out there. Yep. Oof. This movie's about the war, and what, what my wife didn't like this movie. She said, one thing that made her really set up this film is that you don't meet anyone unchanged by the war. Like, everyone has been made into a monster. Everyone has been made into a killer. Like, and everyone's different in how they deal with things. But everyone has been, like, they couldn't keep their goodness. They couldn't keep, like, they, you have to become something else to survive out there. And that really discouraged my wife. She was just felt, because, like, no one is a good person. Like, everyone's kind of twisted somehow. You don't go through that and be normal. When you first got home, I remember you'd wake up every morning, you just, at, like, 6 in the morning, 
be an attention at the side of your bed. It freaked me out. You just roll up and stand up. And I'm like, ah! And it's just, you were, you were like, your, your, your muscle memory waking well, up. Well, that's why they made me go to a platoon for three weeks to try to deprogram me to send me back out. But the thing was, I never got too far gone. Like Seven weeks is a long time. If you were in the Army, you'd have been in sneaking war. Dude, if I would have went to any other branch, I would have been... Because Marines is 13? Yeah. Army's eight. Jeez. Navy six. Navy six. Yeah. You'd have been past boot camp in the war, dude. Yeah, no shit. You'd have gone to Afghanistan after 9-11. Well, life happens and I didn't. I, I understand. Um, now, I remember I first saw Gangs of New York. I hated the ending. Beca- and same with- Because you didn't get the uh, satisfaction of the fight. Right. I'm waiting for DiCaprio and du- Lewis to I got fight. news for you. It's not about them. No, Daniel Day-Lewis would have killed him really fast. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's about New York. It's about the old city versus the new city. Yes. I mean, even when he says, Amsterdam, I'm, I'm New, new York. Because New York used to be called New Amsterdam. It's, yeah. it's meant to say old city becoming a new city. You're seeing that their way of life of the gangs ruling New York is ending. It's going to become a different city. It's going to be no more this barbarian thievery. It's going to become a civilized place. Yep. So it's about this, and I didn't. I missed that. So I saw it. It was as you see, so many of the like when it, the montages are about the city itself, not about either guy. They're just kind of the picture of the old world. You know what I always wanted? A prequel with the priest, because that's who took his eye. He said that was the baddest dude he ever met in his life. Listen. So what's funny is I have a buddy of mine, good friend of mine. The opening scene when the, the Irish come out to face the natives, Denny Lewis. And Daniel, the old great line, Lewis says, May the Christian Lord guide my hand against the Roman popery. <laughs> Listen, I watched the movie and I thought I'm with the Irish. Uh, those are my, bo- they're the good guys. I have friends of mine who thought the Bill the Butcher was the good guy in that first fight. Okay, now what is Bill the Butcher's Christianity? And the other guy's a Catholicism? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, I thought I'm an immigrant. Yeah. And my buddy thought I'm a native-born American. Yes. So you, it, it's funny that wherever you come from, you put yourself in those shoes. They were all immigrants. But they, <laughs> you, they were born one generation in, so they yeah. felt like they had more rights than Oh, I know else. how that works. <laughs> oh, I get it. <laughs> yeah, no shit. I'm a truck driver. <laughs> but, um, so I missed the point of that. Uh, no country for old men. I missed the point of that film. I was waiting for... Um, this big showdown, and he was just dead. He was just dead because it's not about. It's not about. It's about Tommy Lee Jones, not about Harvey yes. Bordem or stinking uh, Thanos. Right. It's about. It's it's about yeah Tommy Lee Jones, the world. His time's over. Yes. Yeah. The, the evil wins. It's just yep. so. I missed. I said again. I'm like, oh, I get the point. I I hate how people are like, oh, whatever. You didn't like that movie. You just feel like you have to say that you loved it bitch that movie is like makes you think i remember and i'm like what did i just see i don't see it again because i had to get a feel for it so have you ever been as uncomfortable as you were with that scene when he flips the quarter with the guy never. the gas station owner ne- they let the, the don't put that in your pocket that's your lucky quarter you put it in your pocket it's just a quarter you're like, oh my god! The, the tension, letting it, letting it just like sit and simmer. Ooh. And when he puts the wrapper on the stinking counter and it just spreads open, you're just like, I don't know what just happened. So that movie was crazy. In the same way, at first I didn't understand this film, but now I see it's about he, 
Kubrick is letting you see. At the end of There Will Be Blood, does he really kill him with the bowling pin? Is that real? Yes. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. So this movie's about war. And you were right. The, The culmination of the film is that last song. Because you're seeing these killers, these, these, these twisted up psychos survived another day. And underneath all that, they're just kids. Do you know what Danny Trejo said? What? When he was in the hole for 90 days by himself, the guards thought he was insane because how he got through it was singing songs from The Wizard of Oz. Singing, acting out his favorite scenes from The Wizard of Oz. And Come they, on. I'm telling you. And Howard was like, the way he broke Dan, like Danny Trejo down, Danny was like, well, I never thought about it like that. Like, he's in we the- treated a childhood. Yes, he's, he's in the worst place in the world. And how he gets through it is something he remembers from being a kid. Yeah, go back and find something that yes. made you, that was joy, pure. Yes. Isn't that crazy? Dude, that, that, you see that, that they're all singing this song. You see that. And there's fire, and it's dark. And you're like, these are just, they're boys out there. Been broken by, broken by their own country and by the war they're Ain't in. Ain't that some shit? By some dudes that don't give a shit and are, would never send their kids out there. Some of them do, man. Because there's a belief that it's worth, you know, I, I, that's a whole thing. I'm just saying... This movie's about Vietnam, and he paints a heck of a picture about war. Like, this movie left an impression with me that I never forgot, ever, ever. I've never, there are scenes I've never gotten out of my mind watching this film. Private Pyle, the sniper, that scene when she's just... That's brutal. It's, it's brutal. She's just a girl. She's just a young girl. She's fighting for her country, though. That her whole world was flipped upside down, and there's a bunch of people that shouldn't be there. And to them, we're the bad guys. And if you remember scenes from Platoon, we are. Dude, I, one thing I loved in this film, I loved the scene where the, the reporters are interviewing everybody. Joker's, and he's an a-hole. Because his, uh, he's, he's so like ironic and satirical. He's just like... I just want to travel the country and see beautiful... Like, he is an a-hole, dude. He's funny. But it's funny. And that one photographer acts all tough. You see, you see who they want to be... They're projecting an image of themselves to the, to the people back home mm-hmm. of bravery, of strength. But they're... Whew, animal Mother's nuts, dude. He's insane. Okay. I, I, dude, I, the, one of the worst parts was Cowboy's death, bro. That was horrible. That was horrible. I can't handle a good death. Like the same Brian Ryan, the medic, I can't handle it, dude. Oh. Now, how can you support the show? You know, patreon.com slash Redrum Give a dollar a month to make the podcast go. It pays the bills, allows us to spend new territory. Want to thank a brand new uh, patron this month? Um, none other than a T. Gerard. T. Gerard. <sighs> Sorry to support the podcast, so thank you for your, your patronage, bro. You are a scholar and a gentleman. You're kind of the man. You uh, kind of the man, the man. He's the man. Okay. We all go to the same barber. <laughs> Do I have hair that good, as good as him when I'm that old age? Oh, man. That, he's only two years older than you, dumbass. No, he's got a teenage kids. We're old. <laughs> you realize I can have a 20-year-old. Oh, shoot. 
We're old. He's got teenage kids. Yeah, no shit. I just got He's to- like two years older than you. I Maybe. He I might think- be one year older. Well, I'm saying, even if I sell my hair, I'll be pumped. You're <laughs> stupid. <laughs> oh, listen, if you want to go to redrum.thrillers.com, you can buy some of our T-shirts. We have our... I hope I don't have a 20-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> we have our Dang Genius T-shirt, our Raised by Movies T-shirt, our Red Rum T-shirt. Red Rum and- thongs coming for men. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> thong sandals, I mean. <laughs> That's funny, dude. Or if you don't want to support us monthly or buy any gear, you can just give us on PayPal. Just give us 500 if, if you listen, thousand. listen, listen. If, if your stimulus came in and you just like, man, them stimuluses are gone. Listen, bro. no, there's a monthly stimulus if you have kids now. Monthly stimulus is to those who have young kids. If you're like government, give me all this money. I don't want to spend this blood money. Listen, what? just give it to us. You know they don't think like that, man. I'm, shoot, everybody <laughs> taking this for free. I'm getting a new boat. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you don't want your money, why don't you invest it in the Red Room Theater? Um, so raised us. Uh, I don't know how to say the right or wrong, but I'll say raised us. <laughs> Maybe I, I don't know if this is wrong or right, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Raise this right. The, we, my wife asked why we used to watch this movie so much as kids, and I told her, I said, "Babe, we watched this movie because just some of the most just brilliant insults we'd ever heard, and we literally would take notes watching this movie. I just it's like it's it's literally like a it's like a mash of a class on how to just talk mad trash and burn someone down. Now, that's not a good thing, but we you, out there. In the streets, you gotta know how to talk smack. You're dead if you don't. Tony, and you are one of the greatest smack talkers of all time. I mean, it is. I've seen you level kids older than you and just. They, oh, oh, like, because they can't do anything. Uh, they just punch you because you're just, you're just too fast for them, dude. When you were in middle school, you just got beat up because you just would talk smack all day I long. Could, I could get them, dude. But do we. we our, one of our stepdads could talk, to talk. He would. Talk, just yell, get mad at us. Sometimes you'd be like, "That's really, that's, that's hilarious." And we just write, write, write that crap down, dude. We hear him do a one-liner, and be like, "Damn, like, <laughs> I'm saying that at school tomorrow." <laughs> dude, I would sometimes. I just steal the stinky verbal beast from home and drop it at school. The well, next listen, day. <laughs> here's the thing: our stepdad worked at General Motors. If you met him, his best friend, and seen those two together, <laughs> oh my, God. oh poor Angie, <laughs> oh <my laughs> they were. The wildest. And they were best friends. And they would talk to each other like that. Oh, my God. So, for us, a movie like that, it's just like, you, you just for us young, young 10-year-old Here's kids. the thing. The drill, this drill instructor always has something for him. It's, dude, listen. I, I mean, he's like a freestyle rapper. Oh, it's that good. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. But I don't think, but like he, dude, he's rapping that racist crap. He's like, it's like, he's like, I don't look down on beep to beep to beep. You were all equally worthless in my, I'm like, oh my gosh, dude. He's like, well, I hate to be, to, uh, be the bearer of bad news, but they don't they don't serve fried chicken watermelon on a daily basis. <laughs> sorry, yes, sir. Dude, he is brutal, dude. Private snowball. Dude, the nicknames are brutal. Crazy. Toe Jam, Secret Snowball. It's a black guy snowball, dude. They're, they're, um, Animal Mother was funny. Do you did you have a name? Or just Marino? You're just no, Marino. Marino. I wasn't there long enough to get a name. I was just stupid. But that 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 thing of just having that 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 quick, like you, it just was part of this movie. 
we used to watch the first part. Listen, this shows how messed up we were. We'd watch it and sometimes laugh at the insults being crazy. Because the movie's not supposed to be funny. It's supposed to be it's awful. It's supposed to be pretty funny. <laughs> we would. Because some of those lines, like, still, like, like we made fun of Texas. I'm like, I'm from Texas. Oh. <laughs> you trying to squeeze an inch on me? He is brutal, dude. Dude, I can't believe Joker made that comment across the room. He's nuts. I've seen it. Guy's mouth off? I've seen guys get smacked in the mouth. Trying to be the class clown. Yes, you can't do that there. There's they, no they're there to break you, dude. I learned that the hard way. Now, here's the next thing. Raise this, raise this, raise this wrong. These guys, you watch them go to the war, and there's a part where there's a dead buddy, the, the dead Vietnamese next to him. Brutal. And he moves the hat. This is my bro. This is his, this is his uh, coming out or his whatever party. This, this is birthday he's, party. He's the guest of honor. That's messed up. You see them have to make light of what they're going through to survive it. And I've heard this. If you have a rough job with their policeman or a coroner or a like mortician, you're going to have humor from dark places. It's, it's, for us, it's a defense mechanism. You go through awful things, you got to get a joke out of it just to keep it on the level, keep it light. And that betrayed you in the core, didn't it? It betrayed me everywhere. <laughs> My whole life. <laughs> so what happened in the core, dude? Because you make, you make, you, your defense is, if things are too crazy, you make, it, make, you make a joke out of it. Just, I mean, I don't even know where to start. So you told me you would sometimes laugh when the judges were going crazy. Is that true? Or smile? Everybody would. No. Here's a problem. <laughs> you got to know when to stop. And some, okay. Sometimes you can't get it back. And they're coming. And they're coming down the line, and you're laughing. No. And there's a guy from Africa next to me. Tony. And he, like, the, they were coming down, checking toenails and fingernails and shaves. They had the flashlight out. And I'm laughing so hard. Why are you laughing? I don't know. Because <laughs> the guy next to me started chuckling when I did something funny. Oh, no. So I couldn't stop. So the dude next to me is from Africa. What, it was so crazy. There was a guy from Africa. There was a guy from Russia. It, like, it, it was crazy. The, it, but so the guy next to me, he's like, they're coming. They're coming. <laughs> Like, stop. Like, they're coming, and I, I can't get it back. And so the guy literally was like, please, oh, please, please, you gotta stop, please. And for me, that's an audience. So they get to me, and I'm trying to get it. They're, and we're standing in front of our footlockers. He, I, he knocks me down. No! And I land on the footlocker. And the African dude starts rolling. No! So they hit him. No! He lands on the footlocker next to me. And we look at each other. <laughs> and we lose it. We, me and him, we had to grab our toothbrushes and clean urinals. Come on! <laughs> yeah. We were laughing so hard, dude. And then it started a chain Reaction. Oh my gosh, dude! It was like stand. It was like stand by me, puke, dude. 
just, it just, Everybody started laughing. It just spread. But we were the red ringleaders. My dumbass glasses and my African dude with a huge dong. <laughs> he got thrown out for a cataract. He didn't tell him? No. But they said, you didn't hear this from us, but you can go to the Navy. Because Marines and Navy are together. Oh. Navy's a lot less strict. Yeah. And he, he told me before he left, he goes, I'm going to Navy. I was like, lucky ass. <laughs> like, this, is oh. the, this is the hardest place I've ever been in my life. You told me once you were sitting down on the cold hard I don't want to tell this story. Okay. Okay, we can't tell them all. Okay, but it was... If you ever drink with me, I got good ones for you. Like, really good ones. <laughs> please, oh, please. Oh, please, please, please. <laughs> Marino, please. <laughs> Marino! <laughs> Dude, you said sometimes they would give you two shifts. They'd give you, because you messed up, they would... Firewatch. So what does that mean? Every hour, two different people have to get flashlights and walk around. And just make sure everybody's in their bunk. Make sure nobody's doing anything crazy. But you have to get used to doing that because when you get out in the field, somebody's always got to be watching. Right. If you mess around, they mess with your sleep. So what do they do to your sleep? Which means you get the second hour of fire watch, the fourth hour of fire watch, the seventh hour of fire watch. In the same night? Yes. So you're getting like one or two hours at a time. Yes. That's awful, And dude. then you got a whole day of drill in the hot, stinking Paris Island sun. Now... What was the what was the hard obstacle you had to do out there? Like just physical therapy, physical training. Um, they would make you do PT in sand pits. With, uh, they would make you take off your button-up shirt. Okay, and you'd do it with your t-shirt on. You sweat so bad, and you'd be going down in the in the dirt. And then they would make you put your long sleeve back on. With all that dirt in there, yep, they said you're gonna look like sugar cookies when we get done with you. From getting in trouble, yeah. Or they'd make you uh, sit in a push-up position outside in anthills. And you couldn't smack the ants off because if you do, you just gave away your position, everybody's dead. And you just let ants bite you. Crazy, bro. I wasn't wired for, I wasn't made for that shit. That was, that's, I got, I got insane respect for military people because I got a taste of it and I never... Made it through boot camp, dude. I definitely never went overseas. I can't even go camping. <laughs> <laughs> I need a cabin, dude. I need AC. Oh, my. and a shower. <laughs> uh, dude, you could you imagine me with camel spiders, bro? I'd kill myself. I couldn't even handle the spider on your porch today. Well, I didn't know he was there until you told me. That mug had a saddle on. <laughs> it was giving flies rides. It was huge. So <sighs> Next month. Wait a minute. Okay. Oh, yeah. We, I guess we did talk about the end, didn't we? Yeah. I just feel like there's so much. In this it, it does, it's movies. It, we're hour 10 minutes in, dude, to the yeah. podcast. Listen, this is a movie. You, if you've not seen it, you got to watch it. It is a classic. It is one of Kubrick's best films. I think this and Strain Love is my favorite Kubrick, I think. Um, but... Next month, for August, we are voting on two Brendan Fraser films. We're go- with school coming back. We're either you can vote for either with honors or school ties. Two deep cuts that we watched and we both enjoyed. 
Listen, you listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or Amazon Podcasts. With the show, you can leave a review. Follow the show at Facebook on Facebook.com slash Redrum Tray. We're about movies we're loving, you know, what we're watching right currently. I just saw Revenant for the first time, loved it. Which one? Revenant with DiCaprio. Oh, the first time? First time I ever saw it was just this it's month. Good movie. Fantastic. Um, um, a new one out that I really want to watch is Ice Road. Have you seen that preview? Liam Neeson. Ice Road Truck, and that looks crazy. And uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Fishburne's in it? Is that Fishburne's in it? Who's Morpheus? Fishburne. Yep, Fishburne's in it. Okay. As always, I'm Ernesto. And I'm Antonio. And we'll see you next time at the Red Room Theater. You keep saying you've got something for me. Something you call love, but confess. You've been a messin' where you shouldn't have been a messin'. And now someone else is getting all your best. These boots are made for walking, and that's just what they'll do. One of these days these boots are gonna walk all over you.